welcome to Conversations About Life. Well, hi, Tammy. Um, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Well, good. Good to see you. It's good to see you, too. Well, um, a lot could be said of, of Tammy Fadler. Uh, she grew up in Vietnam, the oldest of 12 children, and came to the United States in 1973. And Tammy is a real estate broker in Festus, Missouri, and her business's tagline, um, Talk to Tammy, is well known in these parts. Uh, when I told my kids who I was going to be talking with for the podcast, all I had to tell them was, I'm talking to Tammy of Talk to Tammy. And they knew who I was talking to. <laughs> it's working. Yeah, it's working. And uh, Tammy's also a speaker and an author. Um, her book is a memoir titled Finding the Pearl. Correct. Okay. Well, um, Tammy, oh, what was your home like in Vietnam? Vietnam. Oh, my. <laughs> Uh, well, Vietnam, when I grew up, we were very, very poor. As you already know, during the Vietnam conflicts, everything, the only two goals in life at that point in time for me, it either got enough food to eat or stay alive to the next day. So life is very poor for us, even though we don't know any different. You only mm. know what you know at the time. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know there was another life above or beyond that. Mm -hmm. So we grew up just on a dirt floor, mm. one room house. I, I take it back, two room house. Living room, we also sleep in the living room and mom and dad bedroom, which is also separated by a little dress, dresser, dresser drawer that kind of have some separation. Technically, it's a one room house. So that's how we grew up. No indoor plumbing. No toilets, that uh -huh. sort of thing. So, you know, you that life. <laughs> you mentioned that you know when that's all you you know, that's all you know. So, um, did your childhood and growing up experience seem happy? We happy with what we got. Mm -hmm. Our 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 fortune is we have a loving parents mm -hmm. and they love us mm -hmm. and. Some right now, as an adult, I learned that, that some home is not as happy of others, and there is a lot of struggle mentally for people. But for us, uh, we have loving family, mom and dad, and grandma and grandpa, so we're happy for what we got. And so it is a happy time for us, for what yeah. I know. Right. Yeah, that makes a difference. I, I think there's a, a proverb that comes to mind about um, better to eat vegetables with peace than a fatted calf with strife or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just, we, I think that is the uh, healthy environment is the most better than toxic environment, regardless the financial part of it, they're completely upside down. Uh, a lot of people have some money, it doesn't mean they're happy. Right. And that's a challenge for some. So how old were you when you came to the United States? I was 21. 21, yeah. okay. I, uh, I was old enough to make a decision to leave. And I leave it under the circumstances, but I left. So, so um, 
what, um, how did you get the opportunity to come to the United States? I would, well, back up. When I was young, I, would, I was selling fish on the, on the fish market. Okay. So I've, I was nine years old. I go to school. After school, I go sell fish because I have to help. I have to help mom and dad make some money in order to have enough food for the rest of the children. At the time, we wasn't have 12 yet. We only have six, five, six of us. Okay. But as I grew up, I got to the point I was 15 and a half. And at that point, the American had been in Vietnam for a few years. I happened to know people who were working for them. And they told me, Tammy, I can get you a job. You can go work for the U.S. government, for the Army. And if you do that, your paycheck would be much better than selling fish. And boy, am I ready to jump on all that opportunity. So I got a job working in the kitchen, doing dishes, for the government, uh, I was 15 and a half when I got the job. And that my journey beginning to change, my horizon, my vision beginning to different from how I would grow up. Fast forward to that point, after the American left in 1973, the last plane was left in February 1973. And the end of 1973, I knew that the country beginning to change. I know enough then to know the difference. I also know enough to know if I stay in Vietnam, not only my life won't be spared, neither do my family. I know I have to go. Two things I have to go is for their survival and for mine. And the second, I also know that I have to go is I am the only ticket. If there ever be a chance to get out of this country, I have to be that ticket. So that decision made. And connection with the American have brought me here. Okay, so your connection with the Americans allowed you to kind of work out a way to, to come. Find, find a way to get here. And okay. that, that's a help. Yeah. So... Um, so tell us a little bit about your experience of of coming and arriving in the United States. Grew up in Vietnam. You, your country, my country is so small. It's almost like a state in 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 the North America. It's a little state, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that the United States is so big. Yeah. <laughs> I have no concept how big this country is. I will get a one way ticket. To come to America, I landed. I after a long journey, I got to San Francisco, and I was told to get on that gate, get on that flight, and you got to where you're going. So I got on that gate, got on the flight, sit in the seat, fell asleep. No, no different. Next morning, I wake up, get off the plane, make a phone call, and say, "I'm here. Come and get me." I waited an hour later, nobody showed up, but I called again. I said, well, we should be there. They should have been there. He said, well, open hour. I waited, 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 waited. Three, four o'clock in the afternoon, no one showed up. I beginning to really got scared. What am I going to do? I only got one-way ticket. I left home wheel with $10. Mm-hmm. I left everything that any value 
to my parents and my siblings for the fact that they can sell it, they can have some money. While I left, I figure I got ten dollars. I'm gonna make it somehow. I'll find a way to make money, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I did. So, but I stand there lost, feel like, oh my God, what happened? What happened to me? What's going on here? And I finally there was a airport worker. He looked at me, and I knew he knew something wrong because I've been there a long time. He must have been observing me standing there. Not knowing anything or talk to anyone for hours and hours and hours, he came and asked me. He said, "Who are you waiting for?" And I told him I wait for people to pick me up. And he said, "Where do you go?" I asked him by a little address book, and I give it to him. I say, "How far is this from here?" He say, "Oh," he said, "Let me have your ticket." So I look in my ticket. So he took my ticket. He say, "Stay there. I'll be back." Well, at that point, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. <laughs> I have no choice. Mm-hmm. He left. He came back. After he got back, I realized that uh, where I was was Baltimore, Maryland, and oh, wow. I was scheduled to come to St. Louis, Missouri. Okay. The messed up was there's an MO and the MD. Oh. So whoever wow. told me to go to that gig. Whatever they do, I have no concept. Didn't know any different. All the security in St. Louis were looking for me, hmm. and I'm in Baltimore, Maryland. Wow. So that's how I got to this country. That that's the welcoming to the United States of America. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> so it's all worked out. <laughs> yeah. So in St. Louis, you had some connections and people yeah, to that call. basically the sponsor. The sponsor to right. get me to here, so I have to go to the home base with the St. Louis first, right. and then from there we can go elsewhere. But I have to get to St. Louis, right? So that that how I happened. <laughs> so that how I got to America. <laughs> you know what have you um, based your life on, Tammy? That has worked uh, well for you over the years, like any um, you know principles or anything that. Um, you know, you just keep in mind as you're going through life and going through all of this, the things you've experienced? Well, I've been asking that question frequently. Uh, often people are curious. They say, how do you make it? What do you do? Your English, you're not perfect even now, but back then it's really bad. Hmm. The English that I knew back then, I learned from the GI, so I won't dare to repeat it on this podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I wouldn't. However, I look back in my life and my journey, and a couple of principles that often stick with me and remind me. We have two choices. For me, the choice of you have abundance mentality. Or you have poverty mentality. You can be rich or you can be poor. It's all start with the mind. Second, never lose your vision. Ever, regardless. Sometime in the darkest moment of my life, there is a little diamond in there. That's a little light. That's a little rare of hope. So that that's the second thing that I see that, and the third thing is um, 
for me, most of the time, I don't think we dream big enough. We have the limitation that we impose on ourselves or further on ourselves. I'm too short. I'm too tall. I'm too heavy. I'm ugly. Whatever that is that we put on ourselves, that's a self-imposed limitation. For me, that's how I think. I have always remembered there's a quote, and I would click onto that, the facts, because that's how my journey twists and turns and disappointment, celebrate success, so on and so forth. But I remember one thing that I read that quote, and I'm like, oh my, that's really true. The, um, he named Robert, I have to remember a second, but I remember that. But he say that when you didn't get what you want in life, it may be a blessing because God has a better plan for you. Hmm. Okay. And I remember that. And I like, I cleaned, you know what? Maybe I didn't get to do what I want to do. It is a blessing because he has something better for me mm-hmm. to go where I need to go. And he know that. I didn't know that at the time. I didn't like what happened to me at the time. But my journey changed because of that. And now I look back and say, boy, I'm glad that it changed for what it is. And recently I read something, and Kevin Costner, he say that, and I'm like, wow, that's interesting, that's really true. He said that when a defining moment come along, you define the moment or the moment define you. When a defining moment come along, you define that moment or the moment will define you. And I'm like, you know, we all make those decisions whether good or bad, and we have to choose that journey or that decision we made. And either they're going to make us or break us, and they go both ways. Hmm. You know, you mentioned uh, keeping that vision in mind. So what, is there something particular that, you're, that was your vision? Um, you know, what, how would you put that? You have to want something bad enough. I think. A uh, good example, when I was in Vietnam, we in one room have dirt floor, not really much. We sleep on the dirt floor with the little mat on the floor. Mm-hmm. I have always dreamed that I'm going to live in a big house, two-story house, big house. It's so you had no, that dream in Vietnam? I had that dream okay. way back when. I don't know how or maybe something you see. Mm-hmm. But somehow I always dream that my life going to be better. Mm-hmm. I don't have to have an answer. I really don't. I realize now I don't have to have an answer. Because when you have that vision, what, you, I, what I want in life, the universe is going to deliver. Okay, so and you don't have to have an answer. Like you don't have to know how it's going to work out. No. But... Um, the house is really none of your businesses. Okay. really isn't. Okay. You just have to have the vision and believe. Believe in, in your vision. Believe in your success. Believe in what you can do. Somehow, I don't know. I really don't have a magic answer. 
this somehow people are gonna show up to your life at the moment that you need it most, or they're gonna be there, they're gonna help you, they're gonna serve you. The right people are gonna show up in your life. Will I mean I am a firm believing. Sometimes I got even right now there's some moment I feel like oh my, just really a bad day today, but that bad day will pass. And if I hang on to what I really think is the right thing for me, something better tomorrow or the next hour. Okay. So, um, you know, your vision was um, like a big house, you know, early in life. But then, um, did your vision change over the years? Like, you know, because you've come quite a way past that, you know. <laughs> I've been blessed. I've yeah. been really blessed. Of course, I think I think all our vision change mm-hmm. as we shape our life to the path that we chosen to take for our journey, mm-hmm. our career. It will change. It will make a few turns, and it would you run into a few potholes, mm-hmm. and that was a bump on the road, and it will make you change. So thing like that happened. The main thing is when that. For me, the main thing is when that happened, sometimes I ponder on and thinking, so what did that message mean? What do I do? Where, where do I go? Why did this happen this way? Even though I asked the question why, I never really seeking for an answer because I knew something there. It would reveal to me when I entirely ready to listen it, when I'm entirely ready to hear it, it will show up. It, the answer always come. Okay. Really is. I know, I believe that. So the answer always be there when you're ready for it. Sometimes we're not ready, though. Okay. So you mentioned, um, you know, you mentioned God. Mm-hmm. So do you have religious beliefs? Yes, okay. I do. I born and raised a Buddhist. Okay. I practiced Buddhism when I was a child. Although when I get become an adult, I learned that universal... God, that is one God through all religion. Your, your spiritual belief is the main core. There is something bigger than you, regardless of what religion you practice. You can practice any religion. I have no preference which one it is. They all have their own thing. Uh, for me, universal God, there is one. And that was it. So yes, I do believe in God. And I do believe in there's a power bigger than us. So whether it's a person out there, as a man or a woman, or whatever, it is something bigger than that that guides us and that spiritually taught us the thing that we need to know. That ultimately, it was giving to us that privilege, how we practice the privilege, the knowing, the understanding, and the heartfelt, it will change your life as you wish that to change for you. But I think ultimately that's why we have freedom to choose. So does um, that belief in in God have? Do you have any practices like spiritual practices or um, or anything like that in your life that goes along with that? I have a uh, yes, I do. When I'm in nature. I feel really wonderful. When I have a bad day, I want to go in my yard, pulling weed, working in the yard, get back to that nature moment. 
get that frustration. Because we all have those moments, nothing perfect. So we all have those moments that we're challenging with other things that's surrounding us. It's not going the way we want it to go. Mm-hmm. We all have that control that we want things to go our way, but not always the case. Mm-hmm. So when I have that challenger moment, I go to nature. I just go to be with me. That number one, I also have that I call a moment of silence. It's not the big thing, but in the morning, I have the ritual that I do. I got up, I have my cup of coffee, I sit quiet, enjoy that cup of coffee, and let my mind and the silence, a still moment to think and to ponder, to open to the universe. My practice has always been, you have to make a decision what your day going to look like. You have to have that direction, what you want it to be, even though there is some challenging. You need to know that because if you don't will, the first person you meet that day going to do it for you. Hmm. They're going to change your course of the day. They're going to make things difficult for you unless you have your own decision, what you want that day to look like. Okay. So that's a part of your morning ritual. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, your mission statement, I was just looking at it, and something that caught my mind was, you know, to have a balanced life. Um, like, what do you mean by that? Or what does a, you know, a balanced life look like for you? Balanced life for me... I have I have a few things that I go down the list. If I have to pick one over the others, here's how it goes. Spiritual is first. Uh, relationship. You have to have relationship with others. That's how we are. That's how we make up. This is relationship. Uh, the third one, intellectual. You have to constant learning. Because we don't learn, we perish. We nothing left for us to do. We make up to be a learner. We make up to be a worker. If we, to me, that my, my belief. So we have to have intellectual, and you have to constant doing that part of it. And the next thing is you have to be your hell. If your hell no good, you will be no good to anyone else. So I'm very careful, you know, do what I can, get enough sleep, do, ex- you know, some kind of activity to keep your mind fresh running. For me, fortunate enough, I love ballroom dancing, so I dance. So that's good for me. <laughs> Music, body, movement, that that really good for me. Mm-hmm. And of course, the last thing on that equation is financial. you got to be financial success. In order to give... We have to have first. That's my belief. You can't give something you don't have. Financial or anything else, including your own part of you that you want to share with people, you first, first and foremost have to take care of you first. Then you can give what you have. Because if you are toxic, you will give toxic. Hmm. You balance, you give balance. That's my Part of that statement. So spiritual, relationship. Intellectual. um, Intellectual growth. 
And then uh, health, health and finances. Financial. The five component. Is um, like relationship tough when I'm sure you're a busy person. Um, or is anything helpful that you try to keep in mind when it comes to nurturing relationship and not letting other things kind of crowd that out? You make time. Just, you make time for what's important to you. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes we fell short because we're busy and we have to do things. We have to work. And something does take over. But when there's a moment, you reach out and make sure right. you make time for those things. Make yeah. time for grandchildren. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> make time for your significant other or your wife, your spouse. But mm-hmm. For me, a significant other, but yeah. yeah, you make time for that. Is there anything that you know now that you wish you knew earlier in life? Many things, but I'm really not sure if that really, I wish I knew early in life. I think the failure or the shortfall that happened earlier, that need to happen for me to become who I am today. Mm-hmm. I can always wish I would have knew then. However, I make decision that sometimes I regret that I made it. Mm-hmm. I make a decision to say, what am I thinking at the time when you made it? Be nice to yourself. It, and I learned one thing, that I need to forgive me in order to forgive others. Because if I have known better will way back when, some of the bad decisions that I made, I wouldn't make them. But I didn't know. I only knew what I knew. Do the best I could with what I had. Mm-hmm. So whoever listened to that podcast and said, hey, this is really a bad choice and all this stuff, forgive yourself. You knew what you knew, and you did the best you could with what you have. Mm-hmm. If you have known better, you would do better. That's right. my belief. Right. You know, your background and experience probably gives you a perspective on things that other Americans don't have. Um, is there anything striking to you about how, you know, the typical or how Americans behave and think that you kind of have, in, because of your experience, you have insight to and can see things differently? But anything just kind of stand out about, you know, how Ameri- you know, other Americans are? Well, I can't say that. I've become an American myself. Right. <laughs> I can't really say that it is something American does or doesn't. I think a lot of Americans that I knew through the years, they have a different perspective in life. It just depends on how much you expose yourself to different culture, mm-hmm. uh, how much you experience different things in life, and you begin to have that, I said, understanding when... Example, I travel with some really dear friend of mine. And they turn like, well, how come they don't weigh the table this way and this? I say, well, that's not, they do that the way they do things here. Mm-hmm. So understand and be a little patient, tolerance. It's really not, and the same thing, go both ways. Because they have to tolerance is the way we behave too. <laughs> Demanding, right. all that stuff. So they tolerate us as much as we tolerate them. But understanding, have a little... Compassion mm-hmm. for, for them and for us because, you know, we, we have to have both ways. So yeah. I, I don't know. I, I can't say that all American born with everything they want. No, not true. Some not. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the title of your book is Finding the Pearl. You know, was the pearl referring to anything in particular or... I wrote that book with some encouragement from some really good friends that you have to put these things in writing. You have to share this because if you take it to your grave, they do no one no good. I say, okay. It took me a while. Actually, the book and the process from start to finish and literally pressed in almost five years. It took that long. Mm -hmm. But the discover for me on going to that journey to put it in writing, you're going to go to a part of your life, you're going to stop and cry. Mm -hmm. You're going to stop and laugh. You're going to mm -hmm. stop and celebrate. And that's what happened to me. At the end of that, will what I really come into the title of that book, that's probably the last thing. We struggle with title. We don't know what the title, mm -hmm. the book. And at the end of it, I finally realized, I said, oh, my God, Carol, I think I got it. And then she called, and I told her, and then she called me back, she said, I think you got it. Fighting the pearl is finding you. Fighting the possibility that you were born with. Fighting the goodness that you were giving when you be a child, when you were put into this earth. Finding that connection back to your sources, the source of where you come from. Because that purpose had always been in us, but the process of growing up, the process of living, beginning to dictate so many other layers of challenge and you know, opportunity, challenge, problem, solution, all, all that. But the part of it, when you discover who you really are and the gift that you have and knowing that you have that gift, that pearl beginning to develop, that beginning to shine, and that be, now you get it. Okay. So, in other words, like the self-fulfillment of like, or, you know, like becoming who you were created to be and finding that and mm -hmm. the f f fulfillment of that. Yeah, I, I shared it with one of my mentors, a really, really good mentor, a real stick mentor that he ch challenged me to be the person I am today. When we come up with that later and he say, when you have a little f very statement that someone made or something someone share, it's relevant. He always say, that's the pearl, write it down. <laughs> All right, right. <laughs> so, you know, that's an example. He always said, that's the pearl, write it down. Yeah. That, the nugget that we're giving to us, as we're collecting that, we begin to also collect ourselves to be who we are. Are you a reader? Yeah, I'm an average reader. What kind of stuff do you like to read? Oh, I'm a self-help kind of oh, okay. junkie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a self-help kind of junkie. I don't do novel that well. I it's mostly self-help. Right. Although I do have one novel I love. Is it? Yeah. yeah. It's called uh, Atlas Shrug. Is it oh, Enron? That's a classic. That's a classic. That, 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 I mean, that's a big old whatever. But I love that book, though. That's so inspirational on that novel that I just love. There's uh, phrases and that hmm. thing. I just love I'll that. have to check that out because I always 
hear of that because it's just a, a classic. Audio book like, is wonderful. Okay. I, I not only got regular book, but I have audio books. And then mm-hmm. the audio books is just kind of like sometimes I just want to hear, you know, that Lolo journey. The, they do what they did, and it's wonderful. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, what's the most enjoyable part of your typical week or or day or just you know what what do you find a lot of satisfaction and and joy in in your life go dancing dancing (laughs) (laughs) it's a moment that i like i don't have to be anything to anybody but be with me Mm -hmm. you know go dancing the music with fun the people you hang around with happy and you do a little physical activity to kind of simulate your brain function and it kind of do all all that combination so i get that moment of be dancing yeah do you do that right here in festus i do at festus i do at st louis okay hmm. i still take lesson i still dance i still do all this stuff yeah <laughs> <laughs> um well having achieved a whole lot like you know business success and then i think i read bringing 25 members over from vietnam is that right 27. 27. <laughs> and then, um, you know, being a speaker and an author and having kids and grandkids, do you feel fully satisfied in life or do you feel like there's something that you're still looking for? I don't know. The word satisfaction is very dangerous, in my opinion. It seems like my personality always seeking for something more, not because that I need anything, but I think the thirst of learning for me, I'm a learner, I'm, I'm, I'm a lifetime learner. Mm-hmm. So the thirst of learning is always open another vision. I always learn from other people. I always learn from my clients, my agent, my staff. I always learn from them different things. I don't necessarily always agree to everything that I heard or do, mm-hmm. but I always learn from that, and something will change. Mm-hmm. Because then I say, oh, you know, I think they're right. Or I say, oh, I don't think so. But that's the process of it. So I think that part of it, it's always, part of me always going to want that, mm-hmm. that little right. piece of it. But the most satisfaction, of course, is the most rewarding thing for me is my grandchildren. Hmm. I told my kids, if I would have known grandchildren this much fun, I'd have them first. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) My son didn't think that was funny, though. (laughs) Do your grandchildren live close by? Yeah. Oh, good. They are right here in Festus. Oh, good. I have five of them. Yeah. Um, So... Are your parents still alive? No. I, okay. Both of my parents left, so. Okay. Um, and did did they live over here in the United States? Yeah, too? I brought them over 1994. Mom and dad came, the first group that came, the seven. Mom and dad and five brothers and sisters, younger one, that they came together, seven of them. So from then 1994 until 2012-11, when mom passed away, so that block of time, I giving I giving the opportunity to spend the second half with my parents after I left for years and reunited right. with them. Right. So yeah, they here. Do they enjoy that? They are somewhat. The others struggle, of course, because come to a new culture at their age. Oh. They seem to have a lot of challenge there, but too many family member here. 
we relocate them from first to South St. Louis, where they have a lot more culturally Vietnamese communities that they can yeah. socialize with, and that helped quite a bit. Yeah. So that that happened. Yeah. Mm. Well, Tammy, um, would you um, would you like to say anything else about your book or how people can find out more about you or, or anything like that? Well, they can Google it and find me. You find everybody on Google you these can. days. <laughs> the book is available on Amazon okay. uh, as well at the audio books. I mean, uh, the Kindle. You can download us and, uh, you know, go to Amazon and you get it. Or they can email us here at the office and we'll send it to them. Okay. Uh, another thing I also, because of the opportunity and the privilege I've been giving to live in this country, if someone out there have a need, like a group that I try to do a fundraiser to do something with, I am more delightful to help them if that's the right cost, you know, to align mm-hmm. with what we want to do. Uh, I would be happy not only to become the speaker for their group, but I also, for the right cost, would donate the book and they can raise the money for, for their cost. Okay. Well, I'll put that in the, the show notes, um, some links to your website and to the book and some things like that. Yeah, especially if they have anything to do with the veterans. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm indebted to those guys. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks, Tammy. It's been really good to talk with you, and I appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you so much. Good having you here, and thanks for having me. (laughs) If you use a podcast app like iTunes, please give a review of Conversations About Life.